0: Holy cow, these guys are maniacal. Hello, all, and welcome to another edition of the Mets Maniacs <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Wilkes. I'm back, baby, along with co-host Uncle Mike, Mike Bresnack. Missed you guys. Happy to be back here recording with Mike in the studio, except not really because I'm in New Jersey. I'll be in New York this weekend. It's my sister's graduation. So, um, yeah, it's been a, just a crazy whirlwind running around. Yosemite was great. So were the Redwoods. Love San Francisco. Get out there if you can. Uh, Truly life-changing perspective, and it's just awesome to see some big trees and some big rocks. But me and Uncle Mike are coming at you today to cover the Atlanta Braves series, which against the odds, because we have everybody and their mother injured on our roster, we took two out of three. Um, we cover that along with some uh, projected uh, timetables for players' returns. So hopefully we can kind of tread water here. Who knows? Maybe even go on a run with the magic we've seen and the fight we've seen uh, from these minor leaguers called up. So um, we'll see what happens. But as always, please follow us on Twitter, at MetsManiacsPod. You can find us on Instagram, MetsManiacs underscore, and also on mesmerizeonline.com. They're a great website. One of the best. One of my favorites. As I've said before, I've used them uh, to prepare for shows and just to see what takes and opinions the writers have because they always do a great in-depth uh, review of any stats and figures or anything else you need about the Mets. You can satisfy all your cravings at metsmarizeonline.com. And lastly, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out. Okay, guys, we're going to give you this episode here after a brief ad message and hope you guys have a great weekend and a wonderful Friday in that order. All right. Bye-bye. All right, though Mets Maniacs back in action. Uh, Missed you all. Uh, Missed you, Uncle Mike. This is Ty Wilts, your host, along with Uncle Mike, Mike Bresnak. Today we're coming at you Thursday, May 20th. We're recapping the Atlanta Braves series, May 17th, 18th, and 19th, uh, in which, in improbable fashion, we took two out of three. I say that, of course, because every one of our players and their mothers are currently on the DL. So we hope for, uh, you know, their immediate return. We hope they're all healthy, first and foremost. But we really need them back. Um, You know, our lineup was looking like something straight out of 2013. Uh, Our last game, you know, we had VR leading off. who has been, you know, really tremendous since uh, he's been filling in and been an everyday player. Um, He had a home run in yesterday's game. But the starting lineup, just to – Recap for you guys was Jonathan VR, Francisco Lindor batting second. Uh, Cameron Mabin batting third. Uh, Dom Smith fourth. James McCann fifth. You got Peraza batting sixth, sixth. Fargus seventh. Uh, and then I think we had, I think Nito pinch hit yesterday. But we had uh, Khalil Lee batting eighth. And then, of course, Peterson rounding us out in the ninth place. So, look, this team is battered. We're injured. But coming off a three-game sweep, from Tampa, and then getting all these bad news. And, and luckily, again, most of these injuries are short-term. Uh, even Pete was taken out of the lineup. I think he had wrist soreness. I, I think all x-rays came back negative, so we're hoping to have him back for tomorrow's game. Um, but, yeah, Mike, general takes here on on the Atlanta series. Again, I think something we should note is starting pitching. It's been pretty much amazing for us all year. It's the reason we've been able to to win these games. Of course, in game one, though, Adding to the injuries, Taiwan Walker after three innings gives up one hit. Uh, he's pulled from the game. I think he had back tightness. Um, we could start there, and, and also just want to touch on not just starting pitching but the bullpen. You know, we're not scoring a lot of runs these games, as has been uh, the Achilles' heel the Mets this season. But Sean Reed Foley comes in, three innings pitch, uh, struck out five. The Sarge. What? Um, I guess we could start with this game, or any thoughts on the series too. What's what are the highlights you want to cover?
1: Yeah, you read off yesterday's lineup, but I think we got to go back to Monday a little bit to kind of describe some of those injuries. Of course, you mentioned Walker, who only made it through three innings before going on the uh, IL with left side tightness, which I guess is good because at least it's not his arm side tightness. But he's on the ILs, which marks the what fourth starting pitcher for the Mets on the IL: uh, Degrom, Stroman, correct? Not Stroman, Degrom, Carrasco, Syndergaard, and now Taiwan Walker. Uh, and then this is also the game Kevin Pilar gets hit in the face, which was a awfully scary oh, yeah. sight. Awfully 95
0: scary. Ninety-five mile an hour fastball, multiple nasal fractures. The thing I love with uh, P.R. though is such a tough dude. Uh, I think Strowman tweeted it too that he came back and maybe it was for yesterday's game. Uh, he he asked Rojas if he was going to be in the lineup. What's going on? But he couldn't see out of one of one of his eyes because it's so swollen. Uh, but I I read today that he's going to yeah. get his surgery soon and be back maybe as soon as like 10 to 14 days um, or at least resume baseball activities. So probably be a little longer. Uh, but, you know, that's the spirit of the Mets right there in PR's reaction. Pilar, excuse me, is the resilience to be like, let's fight through this. Let's come back and winning two or three with the lineup that we put up uh, against the Braves is, is truly remarkable.
1: Yeah. I mean, this, this series was the, Coming out parties of Jonathan Villar and Tomas Nido, who just seemed like they came into a clutch situation every time and got a hit. Uh, of course, it was, it was just absolutely insane. You had a you had a outfield pretty much the entire series of Jonas Wee, fargus Khalil Lee, and like Dom Smith for one game. You had uh, Cameron Maben yesterday. It was an outfield of guys who all should be in AAA and all were in AAA about six days ago and. Now they're playing in the major leagues and they're somewhat producing. They're being, they're viable options. I mean, clearly he's definitely overmatched at the plate. I think he's over seven or over eight, all of them strikeouts, but his plays in the outfield have more than made up for his inability to put the ball in play. His pretty much run saving plays, like some, some incredible plays, robbing extra base hits. But like you said, you touched on it. It's the bullpen. It's been the bullpen minus that race series. I think the bullpens looked amazing the entire year, but, they, they, they're starting to get gassed. I mean, they pitched six innings on uh, Monday. They pitched nine innings on Tuesday with the uh, complete bullpen game. And then they pitched another five innings yesterday because Peterson couldn't make it through the fifth. So that that's like 17 innings that they've pitched in like three days. It's not even counting the race series. So you can tell some of them are starting to get tired. Some of them aren't as sharp as they've been throughout the year. Trevor May comes to mind in that aspect. He's been getting hit a little bit harder, gave up the Freddie Freeman home run on Tuesday. Uh, but it's just impressive what the Mets are able to do with this lineup. I think nobody would have faulted the Mets had they gotten swept by the Rays and lost six in a row with the lineup that they're putting out there. It's just, it's not major league caliber lineup and it's, it's no fault to the Mets. The Mets made plenty of depth signings this year to kind of overcome any foreseeable injuries, but losing this amount of players in the eight or nine days that had happened is unprecedented within the MLB. It's something nobody could have foresaw and, it's not. The, it's definitely not the Mets' fault that this is happening. There's there's just nothing they really could do about it. And now they've got to kind of put in the pieces that they have. I mean, they make the trade for Cameron Mabin. I don't know if you saw it. They acquired Cameron Mabin for cash considerations, and the cash considerations was $1. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Um, but, hey, great move. I mean, and, and how useful would Jose Martinez be right now? You know, he, he tears his meniscus in, in March, I believe, he's put on – Uh, I want to say the six month to say, but at least four months that he he would miss. Uh, so it's not like, like you said, so you can't fault the management, no team can prepare for these types of injuries in such successive fashion. So, we had the you know the tools in place. I mean, even before everybody started going down, the reason BR and Pilar were getting playing time is because we had injuries, you know, to Nimmo, to Davis, uh, right? We had infielders out. Uh, and and outfielders obviously giving these guys a chance to perform. So, you know, we've been getting wins on the back of the bench mob. Uh, So I think the Mets honestly did a really good job of adding depth, not only as we talked about too to starting pitching, um, you know, allowing guys like Tywin Walker to shine, but uh, also for position players, which we can see some true gems and and hopefully keep guys more fresh down the line. And who knows, maybe even uh, have these guys competing for an everyday spot if they continue uh, to perform at the level they have to.
1: I said this the other day, the Mets, this is before the Braves series. Uh, If the Mets could get through the next two weeks, which is some winnable games, they have the Marlins coming up, then they have the Rockies for three, uh, and then they have the Braves. So that's their next nine games. I said before that, though, uh, if the Mets could get through that stretch going around six and seven and kind of come out to the beginning of June being around a 500 ball club, I think that's more than what you could ask for, especially from the injuries. And we're going to be getting some, uh, some players back. It looks like maybe J.D. Davis, Nimmo, Andy Grom could all come back as soon as this weekend, which would actually just be huge for the entire lineup. But uh, at that point, if you, if you want to talk about it, who do you bench? I mean, I think you definitely – you scrap the outfield. Whoever's in the outfield is definitely benchable. But, like, Jose Peraza I don't think is benchable right now. I think you have to keep Jose Peraza at second base. I think you actually – you bring Nimmo in, you play him in center – I think you bring JD Davis in, you play him at third. And then I think you play Jonathan VR in one of the corner outfield spots because Peraza should not be coming out of the lineup right now for a uh, Johannes Far or uh, Johannes Fargus or for a uh, Cameron Mabin. Peraza's been as good as anybody up at, as part of this bench mom. He's the three run home run in Tampa. He had an RBI double yesterday. I think Jose Peraza's got to stay in this lineup. and. It's going to be sad. Uh, obviously, I want the Mets to be healthy, but this bench mob has kind of stolen my heart a little bit. So once the team finally starts to get healthy and the bench mob returns back to the bench, it's going to be sad not seeing Jonathan VR getting the playing time that he probably deserves because he's been hot right now. He's the one who's pretty much carrying this team. Him, Nito, and Peraza are pretty much the offensive catalysts, especially in a lineup where Lindor and Pete Alonso aren't really doing much.
0: No, exactly. And then after Pilar, like, uh, again, handed off the torch, uh, I, I agree that Peraza has been great. I, I don't think that uh, they're going to start him in front of J.D. Davis. He's had, had some very clutch and timely hits. So I think, again, this is something where it, it's uh, the silver lining to all this is that these guys are getting some time in now. So hopefully coming off the bench uh, in future games, uh, they, they're going to be better prepared, uh, more well-equipped to get a big hit in the big spot because they've done that previously. Again, these guys are, they've been in the league for a little bit too. Uh, you know, it's not like, uh, Peraza and Pilar, obviously, or VR, right? This is their, their you know, rookies or first go around, so um, they've had some experience, which is great. But just to get some real playing time this season, especially after coming off a shortened season, I think it helped them in future situations. But you know, Peraza's still batting 222, he's got that homer. Um, but you still need JD Davis's bad back in the lineup to provide the Mets some much needed pop, man. This team does not hit home runs. We need Stevenson to keep helping out and to try to get. You know, we, we've been saying, hopefully, let's get Lindor back on track. And everyone's been talking about small sample sizes. Doesn't help the people are injured. But, you know, as we're approaching, uh, you know, the, the quarter mark for the season, I think we could start taking a look at, at approaches more as the Mets obviously have done. Um, but still, you know, you can't help but start to worry about the state of the offense. But hopefully when everybody comes back, right, as we get more players, we can kind of ride the momentum. And like you said, I think starting for the Rockies series, early next week is, is when we want to get uh, DeGrom Nimmo and, and, and Davis back in. So uh, I think as we get more players back, we can ride some momentum and right. If we can kind of tread water and break even, especially before we have to play the Padres, I think six times in like, you know, 10, 12 days in, in early uh, mid June. I, I think that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean I think Conforto will still be out for that by then. McNeil I, I'm hopeful will be back. Hopefully Pete Alonso doesn't have to hit the injured list with his wrist. Giorme, hopefully could be back at that point as well. There's a lot of pieces of the Mets are missing right now. I it's it's actually way too many to name. We'd be sitting here for about 25 minutes just listing off everybody. But we're also expecting that, that those early June times Carlos Carrasco to be back, Noah Syndergaard, Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo, um, right. Yeah, Syndergaard and Lugo just pitched in uh Rehab assignments yesterday. Or yesterday. So he like
0: one hit. I think he pitched, what, five innings, four innings, five strikeouts. So, promising news.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, it's good. I, I feel like if the Mets tread water and kind of get all these big names back, they're big-time players, that's going to propel us into having a great June for a team that's historically pretty down in June.
0: Yeah, that's – you know, things have just been flipped for the Mets. Um, but I, I guess injury woes seems like – Uh, always seems to affect us more so on the pitching side, Um, you know, but let's, let's wait and see what happens. Also with new star name, like player acquisitions, uh, you know, not performing up to standards, but again, I think I just have some bias uh, there uh, especially for anything negative that, that happens definitely sticks in my mind a little more, but Mike, I got two questions for you. Uh, One of them starting with, let's just actually stick on the injuries real quick. So we've had all these injuries, obviously, Tough to call it. We're not in the clubhouse. We don't see how they're kind of warming up for games. What, you know, I think the Mets are probably investigating their warm-up routines here. Uh, obviously, when things go south, we always want to look for someone to blame. You can't really blame PR for getting a 95-mile-an-hour fastball drilled in his nose. But you, you think the Mets should look into, like, what's going on? we got some, uh, you know, hamstrings being pulled. Uh, should we look into the trainers now assess what we're doing before games? As I mentioned to you before too, I think sometimes when players bulk up, uh, they're more prone to injury. Uh, I feel like Ralph Chapman too, puts on all this muscle. This is also based on no scientific fact, just my own intuition. And like, because it's my own idea, I'm, I'm holding on to it dearly and don't listen to counterpoints. So, you know, take, take that into consideration here. But, uh, you know, I don't feel like baseball is a game where you need to be this bulky, huge guy, um, Obviously, steroids would um, tell you elsewise, but you know, look at pitchers like DeGrom or Chris Sale who can dominate being as skinny as they are. I don't think there's a need for people to add on like 50 pounds of muscle as, as a pitcher in Chapman too. He's already throwing 104 before he got yoked. But but back to the central question, what's going on with the Mets and their uh, training staff here? Should we look at it?
1: I think some of the injuries have been kind of freak injuries. You mentioned Pilar. Alamore is another one. Uh, JD Davis wearing a ball. If they, like getting hit by a pitch is one. Pete Alonso did the same thing. They are kind of tracing his wrist injury back to the uh, when he got hit on the hit on the like the forearm in the uh, St. Louis series. So some of those are pretty unavoidable injuries, but like you said, there are some injuries that are a little bit concerning. You have the side tightness of Taiwan Walker and Jacob Degrom, and those injuries are the soft tissue injuries. The same with the hamstrings of McNeil and Conforto. Another soft tissue injury kind of things you got to deal with. Nimmo, I'm not sure how he hurt his finger. Uh, but I'm hopeful that his finger does get better soon. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is a little bit concerning. I think some of it does have to do with the fact that the Mets played 60 games last year and that pitchers made like 10 or 12 starts. And if you kind of, if you kind of look back to the spring training into the season, they've probably made about the same this year, about 10, 12 starts. Uh, and I think that could have something to do with it. The fact that they weren't conditioned in 2020 to kind of for that longevity. And now that they're, they're getting pushed to do that. And it's only May, but they're probably have similar number of innings to what they had last year. That could have something to do with the injuries. I know Walker didn't even pitch a full season last year. I think he only made seven, seven or eight starts. Uh, so that definitely has something to do with it, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and this Especially when it comes to pitching, because now the Mets are really down to like kind of two pitchers, and Marcus Stroman and David Peterson. And Stroman's had his own injury woes as well. He came out of his start already this year, dude, like a tight calf or tight hamstring. You know, he threw sixty-five pitches in that start, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be definitely tough. I think they're gonna to have to call up some guys that they don't anticipate calling up. I think Thomas Zapuki, who just got his uh start skipping the rotation down in AAA is going to be called up i think jordan yamamoto is going to be called up but if you kind of want to trace this back to even more soft tissue injuries you have matt allen who had to go get tommy john surgery and now pete crow armstrong just towards Labram is not going to be out for the season as well so it might have something to do with the mets warming up how they kind of run their spring training whether or not they are pushing the guys too hard too early or whether or not the guys are coming into spring training in shape because Those guys, Allen and Pete Crow Armstrong, were both on that, like, kind of 40-man roster list uh, that they were playing in the Mets spring training games that were televised. So these were, like, kind of legitimate prospects the Mets have had, and neither of these prospects would have made an impact on their 2021 season, but years down the line, they would have. And I guess one thing is to say is we got – I think the training does definitely have to be evaluated because it seems like that is a cause of concern right now.
0: Right. And then obviously to will caveat with the fact that, you know, we're just speculating here, but, uh, either way, I imagine the Mets too now are, are investigating that and figuring out the best ways to keep players he- healthy, especially with soft tissue injuries that are more preventable than just getting, uh, you know, whacked by pitches. So, uh, hopefully we can get everybody back soon. Um, my other question for you is just the status of the NL East. Now, luckily we're in first place right now at 20 and 17, uh, in second place is the Phillies, 22 and 21. And the rest of our teams uh, in the NL East are below 500. And honestly, like, you know, going into the season, uh, we spoke about how the NL East proved to be one of the most competitive divisions. We're not wrong there, but I think we're right for the wrong reasons. You know, I don't know what's going on in the division, but no team has been performing particularly well. We're all in the bottom seven in the National League with run score. I think the Braves are seventh. Um, but the Mets are dead last at 130 runs. You know, the Nationals have been uh, pitching well. Obviously, the Mets have as well. Um, Or sorry, the the Marlins have been pitching well. Um, Mets, obviously, pitching has been winning us games. But what do you think is going on in the uh, state of the NL East? You know, at 20 and 17, I would not think we'd be in first. So it's definitely a silver lining, something I'm happy about. But do you expect this to change? Do you expect certain teams to fall off, especially with the Braves? Now in 2023, uh, a lot of people at the Braves projected to win the division it's between the Mets and the Braves uh, along most um, uh, sports organizations. But, yeah, do you think they'll continue to kind of flounder or towards the end of the season? We'll see that come to fruition and be true that the Mets and the Braves are kind of necking it out for first place.
1: I think the state of the NLVs can kind of be classified by injuries. Uh, If you look at every team, pretty much there's been a major injury. Acuna missed a couple games with that knee injury. Uh, Travis Darnell, yeah, he's on the
0: 60-day DL. Um, They don't expect him to to be back.
1: They don't expect him to be back this year, actually. I think they think – season, wow. Yeah, optimistically, September, if at all, they aren't playing to form right now. And uh, it's definitely – It's definitely something that needs to be evaluated. I think as the season goes on, though, the Braves' pitching gets better, the Mets' hitting gets better, and uh, those two teams start to pull away with it. I I think that the Phillies are really struggling. Aaron is not really having that good of a year. It's really the Zach Wheeler's kind of the ace of that staff. And the Phillies, I don't think, really have that kind of offensive power to keep themselves in games and to, to hit themselves into a win when their pitching isn't great. Uh, and the Nationals, I think, are the opposite. I think their pitching is really good, but I don't think they really have that offensive firepower outside of Juan Soto and Trey Turner. But even the Nationals, if you think about it, they started their first eight, 10 games with with pretty much their entire starting lineup on the COVID list. So it's just been a it's been a weird year for the NLEs. Through 40 games, the Mets are on top. Uh probably would not have predicted it at their current record with their current lineups right now, but it's better than nothing. Uh The Mets definitely haven't played to the caliber of baseball that they're expected to, or that they're capable of. So the fact that we're where we are right now is something to, something to be optimistic about the rest of the year, because it should only go up from here.
0: And a fun fact about the nationals too, they're kind of like the Mets last year Uh, as in they're leading the national league in average, but they are uh, 13th in run scored. So they're just, they're, they're, Having trouble driving in runs, uh, obviously we have as well. Where they've driven in 154, they're in 13th. Again, we've driven in 130. We're in dead last. Uh, now that we have the injuries, though, it's something that it's more to be expected. But it's definitely not the cause of that because we had a healthy lineup and we just simply weren't hitting in the beginning of the year. But uh, you know, I, I do hope some of these, uh, you know, as as much of course, I want to win in the division, but I would like to see it be competitive so we get those games down the stretch you know, in August and September, like we saw in 2015 against the Nationals, when both teams are, you know, near their their pinnacle and playing very well. I mean, those are just the best games to watch. So, of course, I want the the Mets to win at all costs, but I'd like to see, you know, wins uh, at the highest level from both teams. I mean, it's just the best joy as a fan. So, uh, I think you're right. As people get healthy, um, we'll we'll see better games. And then I also think offense is might be struggling too across the board. I haven't checked this for offensive numbers in particular, just for the amount of no hitters that we've seen in, in the major leagues. I think we've had, what, six this year uh, with Kluver's recent one for the Yankees. And I think the all-time record is like seven, I want to say, in, in the course of one season. And we're not even through May yet. So uh, I think some of that in, in part has to be due to the short season with COVID last year and the hitters maybe just not being uh, as – as on as they were, or maybe pitchers stepped up their game, who knows, but it'll be something interesting to follow. Of course, they also deadened the balls a little bit, but um, you think players would still be able to get uh, some more hits, but, but that's been surprising. Another storyline to follow Uh, in terms of looking forward for the Mets. We open a set against uh, the Marlins starting tomorrow, Friday. Uh, And then we have four games against the Rockies and three against the Braves after that. So like uncle Mike said, winnable games Uh, we're just hoping that we can steal a couple uh win a few series and then start getting the boys back and mount another run like when I was gone we had that seven game winning streak I think like the day I left maybe I checked in that's the game we lost so uh I got to get back out to Yosemite but hopeful for the state of the Mets still in first place Mike anything else you wanted to touch on
1: yeah I do uh one thing I wanted to ask you uh, Tomas Nito obviously has been amazing offensively, especially this week. And James McCann has been anything but this season. I think McCann's under 200 now. He did have a big double uh, in the first game of the series, but other than that, he's been really poor. I know McCann has been a defensive upgrade, especially over Wilson Ramos. But if you kind of look at the metrics, Tomas Nito is a better pitch framer than James McCann. And I think McCann probably has a better arm. I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think I've seen Tomas Nito throwing her out this year. And I've seen McCann throw about four or five out. But, uh, mm-hmm. If the kind of if everybody's healthy today, and I know Tomas Nito got two starts in this Atlanta series, uh, are you going are you riding with Tomas Nito over James McCain, at least for the foreseeable future, kind of riding with a hot hand?
0: Uh, I totally believe in a meritocracy for the season, right? So yes, if Nito is the better player, I think he should get his uh, fair share of playing time. I think it does help the fact that they're both catchers. So we even look at this weekend. Uh, obviously we have the off day today but we play the Marlins at seven and then we have a 4 p.m. game and a 1 p.m. game after that. So uh, I think catchers just naturally sharing more time than other positions. We might see Nito just uh, breaking it up uh, with McCann. And who knows, maybe that will help McCann, that extra rest. Uh, He's definitely gotten in, I think, enough reps to start hitting. Um, But yeah, I think as a uh, mostly from the position too, we're, we're afforded that luxury where we can give Nito more starts and you know, that, that could help out. But I think you're right too. He's been catching well. Um, he frames pitches, uh, you know, a bit better than McCann again. Yeah. Not sure on his arm, but I don't know if it's negative. Um, so that's, that would be interesting. But look, if this lineup isn't hitting yet, yeah, we need every bat we can get, especially, especially now when we have like more than half of our starting lineup on the, on the uh, DL. So, yeah, I would ride the hot hand, I'd say.
1: I tend to agree with you. I've, I talked to uh, our guests off the ledge last week about James McCann, but I, I'm starting to join him on the fact that McCann might not be the uh, $40 million guy we signed.
0: Yeah, and who knows? Uh, I think, again, like I still think his ceiling – I don't think anyone's arguing this but or against this, but you know, the ceiling of McCann is higher than Nito. But if the guy's hitting, again, and we're not scoring – it would be different if the rest of the lineup was hitting at like what they're supposed to hit or at least baseline or somewhere near baseline. But the fact that we're not even close to that, I think whoever's hitting throw him in a Peraza just starts to go on another tear. I think, yeah, he's he's earned some more playing time. Um, and I think that's just that's that's what we have to do until other players can prove that, you know, they're hot and hitting to, you know, what they should be.
1: Yeah, I think when we looked at this roster on paper and we saw James McCann in the eight hole not hitting, I think we are okay with punting a little bit on that catcher uh, offensive kind of position as long as he kind of carried his water on defense. Uh, but now the fact that the entire starting lineup is pretty much hurt and we're down to two or three starters on a nightly basis, we start we, we are starting to need that production out of pretty much everybody in the lineup. Uh And I think that's where it gets a little sticky because McKenzie is not producing and Tomas Nido is so.
0: Yeah. And, and, and then one last thing I want to note about all these new guys coming up um, is just the energy of the team. I mean, this is a shout out to the Mets and their roster, but you know, these guys are so excited. They bring the energy. Uh, They make them. It's really fun to watch them as a fan. Uh, Even Lee who's striking out every at bat is like you said, making plays in the field and he's a big presence on the bench, getting excited for his teammates with, uh, I think it was Tommy Hunter getting his first big league hit, uh, you know, with, with how many years he's been in the MOB and him being so excited, feeling like a little leaguer asking for the ball. Like uh, it's, it's just those types of things. I think when the team is kind of down bad to remain positive uh, and, you know, I, I think that's amazing. And that's, uh, you know, shout out their team for being able to do that. And I think that can carry way once we get players back, I'm hoping we stay positive um, because you can't, you can't adopt the mindset of woe is me. I love that Terry Collins rant. I think it was after a horrible loss to the Diamondbacks um, four or five years ago or somewhat. Uh, he said at this level, can't say woe is me. You got to keep going out there regardless of the circumstances. And I think the Mets have been doing that. Hopefully they continue to do so. And we start getting more wins uh, as our players come back.
1: Yeah. Before we end, I want to give two props. First one to Edwin Diaz. Uh, who's been absolutely lights out this year in close situations, knock on wood. He has not given up a, a single run yet. And which was huge because when he comes on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday being pitching three days in a row and is able to close out those hard fought games where this kind of second tier offense is able to scrape a couple of runs by. Uh, and then you have Diaz coming and just shut the door. Not really stressful either in either of those games. It's, it's huge, huge for the morale of the team. And then I want to give a shout out to Luis Rojas, Although he's made a bunch of questionable decisions this year, I don't necessarily think he's an awful coach. And I think it takes kind of a special coach to get a team that's made up of all these major league players who probably shouldn't be in the major leagues to get up every night, to believe in themselves, to believe that they have an ability to win every game against a really good Braves team too, Uh, a a really good Braves team. Uh, The fact that the Mets could get up both pretty much all these nights, even yesterday's game, despite losing 5-4, the Mets had a ton of fight in them. Uh, and I think that some of this has to be attributed to Luis Rojas and being able to get the guys excited and being able to get the guys confident that regardless of where they came from and whether or not they started in the major leagues this year, that they're contributing to the New York Mets. And it, that's, that's, I think that's part of the reason we just took two of three.
0: No, I think that's a great call. And I think you can't be mad at all. The Mets were able to take two out of three and almost get the sweep against the Braves, given the roster that we put out there. So, agree with you. Shout out Rojas, the bullpen. Honestly, the entire Mets team, uh, yep, yeah, super excited for the run forward. So, great to be back, guys, again. Thank you for listening. Of course, I'm Ty Wilkes with my co-host, Uncle Mike, Mike Bresnak. You can follow us on Twitter, at MetsManiacsPod. Check us out on Instagram, MetsManiacs underscore. Uh, you can also find us on Mets Prize, MetsPrizeOnline.com. Uh, it's a great site. Check that out, Talented Writers. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people find the show and makes me, especially Mike, very happy. All right, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. And we'll be back with you for an episode Monday morning. So let's get this Friday. Peace out.